0: I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bible to Colossians chapter 1. In Colossians 1, as you turn there, let me mention Vujani that you met in the presentation. He made a profession of faith a couple years ago. I don't know if that's when he trusted Christ as Savior He kind of drifted away for a while. He was struggling through some of the traditional beliefs he had grown up with. It was actually about a year ago that he sent a message to our church family through a text and said, I now believe I'm a born-again Christian. And it was wonderful to hear that uh, that confidence whenever it is that he truly came uh, to know the Lord. But it's been exciting to see God working in his life and pushing him out of his Uh, Quiet personality, kind of shy and reserved personality, and seeing him just be driven to share the good news with other people. One of those uh, occasions, he sent me a lengthy text to tell me about. He said he had gone to visit a, a doctor, and while he was in the doctor's office, he noticed that the receptionist was not there, who was a man that I believe he was friends with, So he asked the doctor, you know, where is so-and-so? And And the doctor said, oh, very sick. In fact, I don't know if he's going to live. Uh, And Vujani asked, well, you know, you as a doctor, can you help him? And the doctor responded, why would I do that? He stole a lot of medicines from us. It's actually because I've been praying to God and my ancestors to judge him that he's probably not going to live. Why would I try to help him? This is the answer to my prayers. And I sent a follow-up text to Vujani saying what I imagined to be so, and he confirmed it. I asked, does this, does this woman, this doctor, believe she's a Christian? And he responded, oh yes, she goes to church. Yes, she considers herself a Christian. And Vujani said, but I went on to, went on to explain to her that the true gospel teaches us to be forgiving because the believer in Jesus Christ has been forgiven. Christ is a complete savior because of his blood on the cross. Uh, That's a payment uh, for sin and putting our trust in him alone. The the savior who died, who, who, who shed his blood on the cross, who rose again in victory, the risen savior is one. We're taught to be forgiving. And I thought, what a testimony. Here is Vujani, who now, in his walk with the Lord, is really putting on display to the world, to this doctor in particular at that moment, that what he received was not a lot of traditions with just a little bit of Christian gloss put on there. It wasn't fake Christianity. It wasn't an empty, dead, fake message. It's it's the, the gospel. It's God's message that's given to us. It's the message that brings spiritual life and that changes our lives then step by step in our walk with the Lord as we grow in grace and serve him. His life was communicating that what he had was real. And he was in a fellowship, a relationship with the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And people could tell because his life is changed by the Lord. You know, when we look sometimes at a plant, have you ever looked and not been sure if a plant was artificial or if it was alive. But if you look closer, I think sometimes it's the imperfections actually that, that help me to see, oh, that's a real plant. Sometimes things look, look uh, too good. You know, There, uh, kind of a fakeness comes through uh, uh, then. But, you know, with a real plant, you know that if, if a uh, a bumblebee comes flying in and lands on it. It's probably real. A fake plant is not going to draw a a, a bumblebee. A a fake plant certainly does not need to be watered. It's not going to grow any. It's certainly not going to bear fruit. And yet what's genuine does have the potential of a fruitfulness and the genuine gospel in, in lives, true believers, will put on display to some degree the reality of what Paul writes to the Corinthians. At the the end of chapter 1, verse 27, he succinctly says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. If we look back at chapter 1 and verse 3, we find that right after the greetings, Paul is opening up his prayer life and saying, here's what I thank God for about you believers in Colossae, in this little town uh, down about 120 miles east of what we might think of in that day as the big city, okay, or the big town of, of Ephesus, with the impressive temple to Diana or Artemis, one of the wonders of the ancient world. And here they were uh, if you traveled that Roman road through gorges and valleys and along the Lycus River, you'd come to another Roman road crossing the province. It was a real place of a lot of, of travel and trade, and there were three towns there, and one of them was Colossae, and Paul's writing to these believers that apparently he had never been to that church and, and, and met Uh, most of them or any of them in person that he's writing to here. He's even sending greetings from Epaphras, who very well may have been the the lead uh, church planter uh, there in that area and, and their pastor. And he's writing and reminding them of his love and of his prayers for them. But here, right in the beginning of this letter, again, Colossians 1 and verse 3 We see him opening up with this thanksgiving. He says, we we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel? And going on talking about the gospel, verse 6, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it and know the grace of God in truth. So Paul's saying, We thank God that you received the gospel. And we receive the good news about Jesus. We're receiving. Jesus Himself, aren't we? We're putting our faith in, in Him alone as Savior, when we're saved, when we open our hearts to that message and receive it and trust Christ. And he says, "Your lives are putting on display that just as your heart was like good good soil, receptive soil to the seed of the word, you receive the message about Jesus. You put your trust in Him alone as your personal savior and that's now in your because of your relationship with him as as chapter 3 begins by speaking if ye then be risen with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God because you're safe in Christ positionally and because of your Fervent uh, love, a relationship with Him as your Savior, your life is putting on display the reality of the message that you receive because you receive Christ. And Christ is our righteousness as believers, He's our justification, He's our redemption, He's our sanctification. And as we as a believer in Christ are in fellowship with him, and as his heart, uh, his heartbeat re- reverberates in our heart, if I can put it that way, so that, that we are taking steps of growth in faith, in trusting him, steps in, in love, and in wanting to, to, to love other believers, uh, that just comes so spirit, not naturally in ourselves, but spiritually naturally, you know, as we're walking with him, there is a a love for believers and it reaches beyond other believers, doesn't it? To those around us that we want to see come to know our savior and to come to be safe in him. And as we grow in hope, as we trust a faith, our trust is in Christ. Our trust is in the word, God's word. But that brings a confidence and that brings an expectation as we look to the future, uh, and as we know God's promises will, will come true, and that brings a living not for now and the, the moment and the comforts of the moment, but ultimately, our values are shaped by eternity. And so, Paul is praising these Colossians and saying, I thank God. That yes, you're believers in Christ. Yes, you're you're not in heaven yet. You need to grow, but uh, there's a lot left that God wants to do in your lives. But I thank God that you are growing. You are walking with the Lord and your lives are putting on display that you did not receive what's false. You received the genuine gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's interesting here At the end of Colossians, they are assured that Epaphras prays continually for them, always praying fervently for you. But back here in verse number nine, I'm sorry, verse number seven, he says, as ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. I thought about it. Paul is thanking God for these qualities in their lives that show the genuineness of the gospel, this faith, this love, this hope, and he's assuring them of the prayers of Epaphras. God is also doing the same thing in the life, continuing to do in the life of Epaphras. He's a faithful minister of the Lord to them. His life is one evidencing faith. Again, later he says he's always praying for you fervently. Uh, that shows love. That happens because of God's love in our hearts for one another as believers. Certainly, he was a man of, of biblical hope. And I thought about it you know, we are really on the most solid praying ground for church plants around the world. When at the moment, we're letting God do his work and grow us and move us out of our comfort zone, right? In those areas like faith and love and hope. It reminds me of a missionary that I read about. It's a book that sat a long time on my shelf, actually some years. I finally pulled it off and read about Edith Moules. She went as a missionary to Congo in 1927. She went as a medical missionary. There was only one thing. She was terrified at the thought of leprosy. That scared her. And she was excited to go and to tell people about Jesus, even while helping them, you know, with physical needs. But one day her fears took the shape, and a man back in the line waiting to be helped by her medically, and she could even tell at a distance from the man's features that he had leprosy. She didn't see him that day. She had someone show him a place where he could sleep. Uh, I think she didn't even see him the second day. She was just battling with her own, her own fears uh, that were keeping her from doing what God had for her to do. But she says that it's just like in her private uh, devotional time with the Lord, like God was saying, I have to win you so that I can win the leper. You know, she let God have his way. Uh, she already loving the Lord, already serving the Lord, but coming to something that just, you know, just halted her in her steps spiritually, yet she let God have his way. She, tr- she grew in faith and in love and in hope. And, you know, she helped that man not only physically, but he was led to Christ and her other fears came true. She was afraid if I help one leper, we're going to be flooded with lepers. And then what do we do? Where will we put them? You know, how work Where can we house them? How what, what, what will we do? And that actually happened. Eventually it wasn't just scores. It was hundreds of lepers who came. And hundreds eventually became thousands. And they literally had villages of lepers that they were not only helping medically, they were introducing them to Jesus Christ. Later in her life, she went overseas back to her home country. And a doctor told her of a physical condition she thought she had had. And he revealed that she truly did and told her, you know, you're not going to live long uh, if you go back to Congo. You have a very short life. If you stay, you know, you've had a good life, you've served, just, just, you know, you can pray for them and, um, but you've done enough and that you can live much longer. And she said to that doctor, doctor, you don't understand the lepers are my life. I have to go back. I'm not saying that God would direct everyone in that way. He has different paths for different people sometimes in similar uh, circumstances. But in her life, what was her greatest fear became her greatest ministry and unbelievable opportunities. And I'm reminded that no matter how long we've known the Lord, no no matter how much we've grown in God's grace, God's going to bring us to face new things. And we're going to have to say, yes, Lord. Uh, you can have your way. Use me. Grow me. And through that, we can not only serve and reaching out with the gospel, we can have our prayers be effective. We can really be on praying ground as we pray that God would grow church plants around the world that you're praying for and that you're supporting and that God would grow them, first of all, in Christ-likeness And that others will be drawn to come to listen to what they're saying, the message that they're sharing. They'll realize there's something different here. This must be a real genuine message from God. Let's close our time in prayer. Father, thank you for Heritage Baptist Church. Lord, I thank you that they are a church of faith and love and hope. I thank you for that. But Lord, I know we each on a a personal level with you need to always keep having our hearts open to grow day by day so that you'll keep using us for your glory and that people will look on our lives and they'll see Christ. And we thank you in Jesus' name.